0: Welcome to Episode 5 of the Arizona Real Estate Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Fabro. Today, we're going to be revisiting the Airbnb topic and going over some of the new regulations that have just come into place. I have a guest on the show that not only owns an Airbnb, but runs a few as well for her clients. So I'm looking forward to finding out what the new regulations are and how it's going to affect us. All right. So I'm here with Brandy Berg. Uh, Brandy is a realtor with West USA and the Ignite Group. Um, she is also a short-term uh, vacation rental uh, owner and manager. So she manages a few properties. Brandy, uh, introduce yourself. Hi.
1: <laughs> hello. <laughs> hello podcast no, yes, world. <laughs> right? uh, hello podcast world. Yes.
0: So um, I know you were they were introducing we were talking about uh, we talked about Airbnbs uh, on our first podcast on how to run them and how to manage them and finding an Airbnb and then of course right after that I see a post yeah. actually your post on Facebook on uh, Airbnb regulations and now they're trying are trying to not restrict it, but put some controls over what uh, mm-hmm. what you can actually do with Airbnbs. So uh, Brandy was actually at the Senate um, legislature uh, last week when they were debating it on the floor. So there's two bills. There was Bill uh, 1490, uh, Senate Bill 1490 and uh, 1554 that were debated and I believe passed and she's here going to be talking uh, to us a little bit about them on what that actually means for us as operators and owners and investors looking to buy an Airbnb or thinking about buying an Airbnb so let's talk a little bit about um, 1490 so what um, that was introduced on February 13th and debated I think on the same day Mm -hmm. what's that one there about can you give us a little bit of information sure
1: Um, so just the highlights of that one I wasn't um, privy to that one I I didn't attend that particular hearing but just pulling up the um, the fact sheet for that particular bill That one um, is kind of interesting, and it could be a potential game changer for anybody looking to get into the market of either purchasing and owning properties that are short-terms or maybe even um, ones that are offering to lease to individuals or LLCs that are looking to do short-term. So, um, you know, more to come on that piece, Um, but that particular bill is looking to potentially reclassify um, short-term rental properties as more of a commercial type of uh, structure which would essentially increase property taxes, moving you from more of a residential to a commercial taxation. So, I mean, that's almost a potential 80% jump in your property taxes, um, which could put a lot of operators out of business um, if their profit margins are a little tight.
0: So you're buying a single family property, a single family home, say in Scottsdale Mm -hmm. in Old Town, as a primary residence, you think you're gonna be paying a residential sales tax, a residential property tax, Mm then all of a sudden you decide to make it an Airbnb. If this passes the way it is, you're now gonna have to reclassify, let the state know or the city know that, hey, I'm running an Airbnb, a short-term rental, Mm -hmm. and they're gonna reclassify it as a commercial-type property for tax purposes, Mm -hmm. and your property tax is gonna jump to 18%. That's a big big deal. That's 80% of profits that are, I mean, that's an 80% hit to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something to consider. I'm hoping that doesn't pass because I run an Airbnb as well, and that's <laughs> that would take a big hit out of my profit margin. Mm-hmm. Which now that does that only affect short-term rentals, or does that affect long-term rentals as well?
1: Right now, um, based off of what I'm reading in the fact sheet, it's uh, you know I'll just read it kind of verbatim. It says classifies as a Class One property, real and personal property improvements that are rented to lodgers for periods of less than 30 days, for a total of more than 90 days in a calendar year that are valued at full cash value, except. Properties occupied by the owner of the property as a primary residence and included in class three properties and property that is leased or rented for residential purposes and included in a class four um, property. So um, essentially, they're really just looking for the 30 days and under. Um, and if you're doing that multiple times over the year, long term rentals are still not, not um, kind great. of looped in that. But, you know, where where sometimes we have one opening, it potentially could open the door for discussion on some of those long term Um, you know, situations. Because I think in essence, um, a lot of the concerns that the general public has regarding some of the um, things that they might have observed from a short-term rental perspective, long-term tenants can pose those same risks, they're just on a longer term, or maybe they're a little bit few and far between or maybe less obvious because they're not marked as a potential um, you know, short-term situation. So I would say where one door opens, it could lead the way for some additional discussion on mm-hmm. some of those long-term rentals. So definitely something to keep um, track of. I am.
0: So let's sit back a little bit here and kind of go back to the basics. Are there any regulations right now on short-term rentals if you're not in an HOA? Do we know?
1: Um, there are some um, some cities and um, some some cities have certain um, restrictions and things that they have. Um, like I know where I operate mine in the city of Scottsdale, they require a TPT license, and that TPT license needs to be listed. Um, and I know some some
0: and a TPT license is so um,
1: <laughs> transaction uh, transaction privilege tax license. Okay, so it's taxes like a sales yeah, yeah sales, a sales tax. tax. Okay. Um, and we just have to list that um, that number and actually file the appropriate paperwork um, to show, hey, we're we're paying those taxes that we collect that's getting paid back to the state. Gotcha. Um, so that's one of the uh, the uh, particulars um, I know some cities again it's different it, def- it differs for city um, to city obviously. you have to reg- basically register the biggest one um, is that they just want your contact information they just want to be able to know that hey if, if something happens they need to contact the person that's operating and kind of know who to tag that back to and I don't think that's unfair
0: no so basically right now the way it is I mean you're it's The same laws that apply to a single family owner or an Mm -hmm. owner with like the nuisance laws and like, you know, quiet time after a certain hour and not have these giant mega parties Mm -hmm. um, that police can still get called to. So that's so the regulations right now are very loose. It sounds like there's no there's no regulation on any of that. So Mm -hmm. what they're I guess it looks what they're trying to do is just kind of hone in on the short termers because they're more the people that are coming in for a short period of time you know, mm-hmm. coming into to vacation to party or to do whatever in, especially I'm sure in a lot of the party zones of Scottsdale mm-hmm. and uh, Tempe and all that stuff. Right.
1: Yeah. The most, uh, the, the interesting part is when we were sitting through the 1554, the biggest, uh, the cities that were the most vocal are going to be the ones that drive a lot more of the traffic. Sedona was a big one. And I think that's mm. where a lot of these regulations really, we started, we started to take a look, um, because there was a lot of noise created with, um, with, you know, people that were turning their long terms into short terms. And it again was creating a little bit of a shorting, a shortage of housing. Um, so that was one of the complaints. Um, and then these bigger homes, I think, kind of create a little bit more yeah. of not necessarily the nuisance, but the potential problem. The majority of the people that were again or were for the bill and these regulations. Centered around um, tons of people coming in and out, um, loud noises, parties, drinking in the front yard. So the interesting part is, for every I would say ninety nine percent of us short term operators that are running are you know short terms the appropriate way. You know, there's that one percent where you know things you know may not run a hundred percent as smooth, and that's kind of where that noise is being created. And so that
0: noise obviously prompted now legislation to start to come into play. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because of that 1% Mm -hmm. crowd and that happens to short-term and long-term So it's crazy that they're trying to like just target the short-term portion Mm -hmm. of it But I mean a long-term tenant with long-term with renters can do the same kind of can Can -hmm. create that same kind of disturbance. Yeah, Um, I'm sure they're just seeing it more frequently and now Some of these neighborhoods are turning into more short-term rentals and a lot more Airbnb So there's a lot more traffic kind of going through Mm -hmm. it So I'm assuming some of the neighbors are probably getting a little upset Mm -hmm. now. This is kind of what it started so I, I'm for some regulate, regulation on it, because mm-hmm. I think it just creates boundaries and some rules uh, for everyone to follow mm-hmm. and play by, and it doesn't create like these disaster neighborhoods where all of a sudden it's just mm-hmm. like an Airbnb neighborhood and you're walking in and it's you know, party here, trash here, cars here, and then just a lot of transient people. Mm-hmm. It also probably increases a bit of crime, knowing that some of these homes are vacant, so
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think some regulation is probably a good thing uh, mm-hmm. to kind of keep, uh, keep those neighborhoods still um, in good shape
1: exactly
0: so i know so you were down at the floor how, one how was the experience like what did you see what did you how did you feel was there yeah. you know people for on both sides yeah um, it
1: was actually pretty um it was my first time really um going and i almost didn't um but i was like you know what i'm just gonna go and check it out see what it's all about um because you know this will potentially impact you know, whether I'm going to be able to continue to do business. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided to go. Um, there was um, a lot of people there for, for as well as against the bill. And, of course, I was the one that was like, nay, on the bill. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the coolest experience or part is, one, hearing a voice, kind of hearing um, what the, um, the pros, like what are some of their concerns? Because as a business owner and, you know, operating these short terms it's like yeah the boy like we don't like that those things either and as responsible business owners and operators we actually do what we can to to prevent those situations because that's our investment as well and that's Of course you don't want your right. house
0: being trashed you don't want all that you know all that commotion in the neighborhood you mm-hmm. want the police, police being, being called calls, that, right you know,
1: no we don't want those types of eyes on us No. we want a smooth experience for everybody as exactly. well exactly Um, so it was, it was interesting to kind of hear the, um, you know, the, the pros for the bill. Um, and they were just pro for the bill as it stand, like strict, strict regulations, like they don't want them at all. So they were just like more nay on all of it. Um, whereas what I really appreciated about, um, you know, the operators, the, the ones that were against the bill is, you know, everybody that kind of stood up, they said, you know what? we understand that there needs to be some regulations and for the for the most part most of us are actually we've already implemented this because it's part of our safety Mm -hmm. and security and in protecting our investment and the safety of the people that that come to us as well like we're already kind of doing a lot of these things so there's pieces of 1554 that we're like yeah that's fine we don't have any but then when it comes to um regulating how we can use um you know how we can use it, you know, being punished if we have our primary residence in an LLC and we're also doing short terms. Those are the things that we're like that could destroy the the ability for the ma- majority of these operators from even doing business.
0: So let's dive a little bit more into the bill. The bills, the SB fifteen fifty four. I'm going to post mm-hmm. a link as well on the podcast um, in the notes below. So be if you want to dive deeper into the uh, into the actual bill, the link will be there. I believe there's also a video there of. Um, the video. There's also a video on there as well um, if you don't want to read. <laughs> um, so what, what does the bill actually entail? So maybe let's go over a couple of the points here. Uh, if you have them,
1: sure. And I'm. Um, I'll read a little bit from the amended fact sheet because it's just. Uh, just so that we're not taking anything out of context. Yeah. Now the cool, cool thing is, like as we talk about it today, there could be additional discussions or um, additional discussions that have happened in the last few days. This so is the first
0: rendition of it. Exactly. Okay. So it's
1: constantly, constantly getting yeah. updated, and that was the biggest thing um, in listening to the um the senators that actually voted yes for it is they voted yes to keep the bill for discussion not in its entirety um, because, um, you know, to, to quote some of the the folks they are like to keep it the way that it is, would actually do more harm than good. So I appreciated that, that it's, you know, don't panic just yet. Yeah. It's still going through its modification. Okay. So the purpose of the bill, um, and I'm going to read this one verbatim because I think it has merit prohibits a city or town or County from regulating a short term rental or vacation rental that is not a person's primary or one additional residence prohibits a corporate entity from operating a short term or vacation rental in a residential zone, caps the housing units. Certain multifamily housing property owners may rent as short term or vacation rentals and establishes an occupancy limit, modifies penalties for violations of state laws and local ordinances. So on the the first hand, it says, hey, we're not seeking to limit a primary residence or if you have one additional, like investment property. So it kind of protects the small players, which is great. But what it doesn't do is it says basically corporate entity. Corporate entity is, you know, S-Corp, C-Corps, and your LLCs. Mm-hmm. Again, we could be small players as well, having one, two, maybe three, properties so um this bill doesn't really give us those same protections so it doesn't if
0: someone owns even if they own one or two in an LLC or or a C corporation it does not protect this bill does not protect them at this point the way that the language is the way the language is written now from
1: what I understand yeah yeah. okay um so and that was something that we we they had just amended initially they looped the uh the primary resident and one additional residence in that same time frame but then they said oh well will eliminate them, but they kept the language of the corporate.
0: Okay. So what are the limitations that they're trying to put together?
1: So some of the limitations would be, let's see, um changing the zoning. Um okay. which um, you know, we kind of talked about one of the other bills, so it kind mm-hmm. of reiterates that here. Um caps, the um they're seeking to try and cap at twenty-five percent housing units of a multifamily. So if you have a mul- like a duplex, triplex. Um, They want to seek to cap at 25%, so you have to do long-term, and 25% would be allocated to short-terms. Okay. Um, Caps the occupancy of a short-term or vacation rental. Um, Typically, um, right now, this is mentioned in this bill and in one of the other, I think, Senate Bill 1490 as well, um, to two people per bedroom, um, up to four bedrooms, and then an additional two people, two adults per 1,000 square feet of livable space in excess of 3000. So they're looking to try and limit, you know, so you can't put four or five people in a bedroom.
0: So that's, and that's pretty common. I mean, that's, you're typically going to have, you do that in long term anyway, you know, it's Mm -hmm. two, uh, two people typically per bedroom. So you, you can't put like six bunk beds in a giant room and, you know, make a Mm -hmm. hotel out of it, which I think is very reasonable. I mean, no one really wants to have that many more people in a property anyway, Mm -hmm. in my opinion, it just causes, uh, there's just more room for, problems
1: later exactly and I can see maybe um, Potentially depending on the size of size of the room maybe even putting some square footage limits because mm-hmm. if you have a really large room You put two queen beds you can easily fit four adults and I don't yeah. think that would be typically out of line No two people in a room like right now like Some people are already breaking yeah. that um, as, as a primary residence with their own families, exactly. but, you know <laughs> So there might need to be some additional yeah. parameters re- regarding that, but okay. if your room is like a you know a five by five space, then two might be plenty. Okay. So um, the other one would be also kind of um, prohibiting short-term advertising from exceeding the allowable limits, and then a penalties can actually go not only on the operator that breaks those, but also the online manager, um, like the platforms like Airbnb and VRBO that allow that. Um, so on the, the occupancy,
0: you mean, right? On the occupancy okay.
1: situation. Um, and then, uh, we talked about the LLC where mm-hmm. they're seeking to try and limit. And when it comes to the, the, the day limitations, and this was like the, the one that had most of us a little kind of up in arms where like, that's a little too stringent. Basically, if it's not your primary residence where you're also living in the home and staying in the home and renting it out short-term, so being owner-present, the restriction doesn't apply. But if you rent out a portion of your home on a short-term basis and you're not present in the home, they were seeking to try and limit it to one in 30 days. So basically, you would have to do 30-day increments. Or if it was a shorter period of time, like two weeks, you're, like, captain for, like, 30 days. So, so basically,
0: you can only have one short term rental per every 30 days if you're not living in the house, is what you're, mm-hmm. is what you're saying. Okay. Which that is, could be a problem because yeah. that's the whole point of short term, right?
1: <laughs> exactly, right. If you're not just uh, doing it for a hobbyist or like I have the extra bedroom, so I know yeah. that one. I think um, that one's going to be the one most heavily looked at, yeah. Um, because that would put a lot of people out of business, and you know, I did like that some of the senators that even though they voted yes, they said that's one of the ones that you know they they really need to take stock and look at. So yeah, um, totally. Um, happy that they're, they're, they're looking at that for sure. So that's good. So at least they're, Mm -hmm. at least
0: they, they're cognizant knowing that this is, you know, this is probably not going to be the best language for it. It doesn't even make sense. And there's going to, it's not really going to help, um, the situation at all. Like, you know, with their purpose, it doesn't even go towards their purpose. It's just, Mm -hmm. I think creating additional uh, limitations to, I don't know, appease somebody. So Mm -hmm. hopefully they do look at that and kind of rework that a little bit
1: exactly and then um the other parts of the bill just kind of outlines some of the penalties and and you know stuff like that if the rules aren't being followed gotcha
0: was there anything with noise complaint like any kind of noise complaints or anything like that that were limiting or like party houses or anything like that how are they like detracting any of that stuff was was that not really talked about?
1: on this one there wasn't a lot mentioned in this one but it is addressed in one of the other um, bills that they're proposing um i believe that one is Um, house bill 2875 I think that one was either debated on the same day or uh, within that same week but that's the one and I think the majority of what's in this bill seems pretty fair and a lot of us are already kind of doing that Um, so that that house bill 2875 is looking to stipulate contact information so basically if it's a short-term rental you need to post um, in public um, like on the outside visible I think they even said in 24 point font your um, contact information. You need to appoint somebody, whether it's yourself or a designee, to be able to address any um, concerns within the hour. Um, And so you have to have that person's name and contact information on file. Um, This one also speaks to that same occupancy limit that we were talking about. Um, And then this one talks about um, installation and safety, noise monitoring equipment on vacation and short-term properties. Um, so, and then violations of that one. So this one does recognize that it doesn't say anything about security cameras, but again, you know, for anybody that's a little bit hesitant about that noise monitoring equipment, there's a a software that most um, operators I know that are using called noise aware. It's really just measuring the decibel level.
0: Oh, cool. And that goes inside the house or it goes inside
1: the the home. It doesn't record any audio, so it's not capturing voices. It just... It's like noises, simply noises, and you set a decibel level, oh, and weird. it'll alert the owner if, if it goes above um, a certain decibel level that you set.
0: So is it like it's an actual physical device and that goes mm-hmm. somewhere?
1: Okay. Yeah, cool. it's like a little uh, like stick-on-the-wall type of device, and that's all it does. And um, you know the owner will get an alert, so you can say, hey, I noticed that there was... X amount, know, of noise X amount of noise. Out. And we can address it and squash it there. So oh, I that's know. that's so smart. Yeah. So you can even
0: be proactive. With, even if these bills go into play, you can even be more proactive mm-hmm. in knowing that, you know, hey, this is, there's something going on over here. I got an alert. Uh, you know, there's more noise than there should be exactly. at X hour or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Do you have those on your property yet? or? Um, I don't.
1: Um, my, my properties are one bedroom, one bath, 600 square foot homes. I typically get single and couples. Yeah. So nobody's trying to party in my 600 square foot. So knock on wood, I haven't had any um, noise complaints or issues okay. because most people are, are looking to stay clean, yeah. safe, affordable. Because they want to go out and enjoy Old Town Scottsdale, not party in my one-bedroom apartment yeah and <laughs> knock
0: on wood i'm the same way i mean i hear you know i hear all these like um, stories and horror stories of you know i see them a lot in like the bigger homes like the six seven eight bedroom homes and mm-hmm. yeah you can get a lot more money for them and you can but you're susceptible now to those part to having the parties or even events happening at your place mm-hmm. i've heard of weddings i've heard of um, people bringing in DJs and having like mm-hmm. big parties in the backyard. I've, I mean, I you kind of hear it all. So I think those are the ones that are. I think mm-hmm. you know, and those are also in more affluent areas. So there's yeah. the neighbors are going to be more up in arms. You probably have a bit more pull with the legislatures. Mm-hmm. To, to get some of the stuff pushed Scottsdale through. Scottsdale and
1: Paradise Valley are, were two of the other ones that were a little bit more vocal yeah. because of these homes um, that are actually kind of going through that gentrification. Yes. Where us, you know, operators are coming in, they're buying these homes, they're remodeling them, they they look fantastic, but mm-hmm. now it's a big draw for these, you know, these bigger groups and yeah. sometimes, again, you get, you know, some some not respectful tenants, tenants guests, exactly um, in and there. then
0: and then it also puts some of the onus on the owners or the operators you know making sure that they're checking on their properties mm-hmm. and checking on making sure they're putting in the, the you know they're verifying the people that are going there they're not just saying oh this person wants to rent an 18 uh, 18 bedroom house or it sleeps 18 and there's only two occupants well that's kind of mm-hmm. suspicious right there because why does someone need, an, you know, I get, you know, if they have money, whatever, great, right, two but people. two people yeah. in a, you know, 10,000 square foot, 18 or a mm-hmm. 10 bedroom house seems kind of questionable, yeah. right? So you, if mm-hmm. I think the moral of the story here is just as an owner operator, you just dig in a little bit more and really find out how many people are actually going to be sleeping on the property. Mm-hmm. Is that two people registering and then like 17 other people are going to be coming and who mm-hmm. are these people? I know with my long-term stuff, I do credit and background checks. I know for the short term, uh, that might be a bit more difficult, but um at least talking to the to the uh, prospective tenants or having a better communication finding out why they're coming and using it as a positive you know trying to give them more tips and tricks on what to do in scottsdale mm-hmm. or old yeah. town or wherever they're trying to go to
1: yeah um, i mean there's definitely some things that uh, you know most most of the operators and owners that that i know are operating they're already utilizing things like noise aware a lot of them have Vivint security systems which yeah. is going to help to protect the property, you know, when it when there's people in there and when there's not people. And, you know, I know some people um, get a little hesitant because there's cameras. But, you know, rules say there can be no cameras inside the home. The cameras that are typically on are like the doorbell cams. Mm-hmm. So we're catching those people as they come through. And it's, it's again, it's to protect, you know, if they say there's two people on the reservation, they show up with 20, we can address it. And, yeah. you know, and we have a right to say, hey, we're going to cancel your reservation. And they yeah. can have one in the back the backyard as well as long as those cameras and that are face outward no public areas and are disclosed before um you know before they get there so there's no surprises so that's good those safeguards really help to eliminate those situations where people are coming in or if they do disclose that there's 10 people and they're like we're just here for a nice quiet family but then you start to see that they're bringing in kegs and a lot of that dj equipment you're like Ooh, yeah. we can address it and then it also gives us an opportunity to address it if we're if we're utilizing platforms like Airbnb mm-hmm. um and Vrbo to say hey This is what we observed, and we've got proof now to to be able to you know ask them to leave. Um, Because, again, we don't want that happening because that's a lot of liability and damages and things of that nature that can fall back on us, and we don't want that.
0: And then with turnover time, too, you have another – I mean, typically you're going to have another reservation within the next day or so, and sometimes overlapping. If you have all this damage at your property – how I mean, how how do we even handle that? How would you go from one to the next without exactly. fixing everything up? and canceling
1: a reservation is also detrimental, especially if we're utilizing the platforms. If we have to cancel, that can impact our status as like either a super yep. host or they could kick us off the platform altogether if we have multiple situations Instances where we have like to, to cancel because that doesn't – that doesn't help the people that trusted us with their reservation. Exactly. So. And
0: then it also affects your reviews, I'm assuming, because mm-hmm. people are gonna, definitely not going to be happy if they're can't getting their reservation canceled last minute. Exactly. Um, I had a story once. I had years ago when I, d- I ran an Airbnb, um, my, the platform double booked um, a client on Valentine's Day. Oh. So I had a move <laughs> out on the 15th and a move in on the 14th. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, no, that's not, mm-hmm. not going to work. I mean, long story short, I called the the people moving in, let them know the situation. They weren't happy, but I put them up in a nice hotel, mm-hmm. paid for it, got them all squared away and then sent um, flowers to their room because uh, I knew it was a Valentine's Day you know getaway and it kind of squashed that. But they were super thankful. They were super happy. I'm like, ooh, that could have been a disaster. Mm-hmm. Then I, I paused my, short, my short-term rentals at the time for a while because I was like, ooh, that, I don't like dealing with that. And it mm-hmm. was still... That was like seven years ago. That's when vacation rentals were still fairly new. I wasn't on Airbnb yet. I think Airbnb was just getting started. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was on the old uh, HomeAway and VRBO platforms mm-hmm. prior to now. Um, I know, and I mean, obviously they ha- they're going to have to do some kind of regulation. Eight years ago, there was 1,500 homes on the Airbnb platform in Scottsdale uh, and Phoenix and Paradise Valley. I think they're up to like eight or 9,000 now, which is Mm -hmm. crazy. The growth has been exponential. People are seeing realizing obviously some profits, so there's gonna be something that's coming together. Hopefully, um, they make sense as business Mm -hmm. owners and operators, and it appeases also the people that are living in these neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say suggest, I mean, as an owner, and if you are looking at buying an Airbnb, one, read all the regulations and just be active in the community. Mm -hmm. Um, go to the events like you did, and go to the to the hearings and make your voice heard. Because if not, there I mean these these laws will just get passed, mm-hmm. and we're gonna be sol um, if we're not being heard and like uh, shown the other light. Because typically it's what one percent of you know one percent issues ninety nine percent go fine go without without a hitch, right?
1: Exactly. And I would say um, the the link that um, he's going to be posting in a little bit is like a one. It's a really good resource. It's a one stop shop. It'll actually you just click on it. You can see which um, which folks voted yes, which folks voted no. There's video to the actual hearing itself, and then um, there's also um, links on there where you can simply click on it and let your voice be heard. So you can actually it'll actually email it based off of your location and your contact information, you can actually send the email from there instead of having to hunt for that or bust out a pen and paper, you can do an online submission. If you can't attend the hearings, you can actually, um, if you register, you can remotely say, I'm for or against this bill. And you can also request to, um, to speak. So it's not that they select only a number of people. If you sign up say, I would like to say something, they usually give you anywhere between one to two minutes to say your piece. Um, yeah. So you don't have to be like a high powered, like lawyer to get up there. There was everyday regular people, but I would say, um, the one thing that I would suggest doing is if you're, if you're going there to mobilize, it's very easy to put emotions into it. Um, and to just talk about, this is fair, this is not fair, but, but go with, go with a purpose, go with a plan and be methodical. Um, mm-hmm. uh, because in the end they just want to know that, you know, this isn't going to harm the public. Yeah. And, you know, it one way or the other, I I wholeheartedly agree there needs to be some standards put in place Mm -hmm. um, because we are in in residential neighborhoods. Um, And I I think the majority of us um, that are operators don't negate that. We're like, hey, no, we're totally fine with making sure that we're not a nuisance and that we don't have the party houses and and all of these things. So that's our goal as well. So, but um, restricting... Um, The time that we can rent out and, you know, the increase in taxation, you know, for just everybody as a blanket, whether we have one or or three, you know, may not necessarily be the best solution. Yeah, Yeah. no, exactly.
0: So any parting thoughts, any parting um, things that we should look at or should know if we're out buying or looking Mm -hmm. out buying right now as an investment, uh, buying an Airbnb as an investment? Um, you know, what's your take on it? What do you think?
1: Yeah, just like with any investment, whether you're buying for a long-term uh, possibility or a short-term possibility, always look at your exit strategies. Um, that's a smart thing to do because things change on the regular. And, you know, you may find that you're flip-flopping. You may say, now's not the time I'm going to put it on pause, right, and just do mm-hmm. long-term. Or you say, you know what, now's, now's a good time to do that. So, um, if you're looking for a smart investment, you want to know if your numbers are going to work either either way, not... You know, ooh, these are very tight, and the only way I'm going to make it is if I can make you know um, X Y Z doll. It's like yeah, the numbers have to work. Yeah, and always have in a have a plan
0: B. Basically, <laughs> don't don't just go in there. I'm going to buy an Airbnb, yeah. and if it doesn't work as an Airbnb, mm-hmm. I am totally screwed. That yep. is probably the worst strategy you can do. Yep. <laughs> uh, go in there with the mentality saying, okay, this is how much I can do as an Airbnb. This is how much I can do as a long term rental, and this is how much I can sell it for once I add mm-hmm. some you know um, some sweat equity sweat equity. Or doing some updates to the property, I can I can exit. If I have to you know sell it or take, uh, get it off the market.
1: Exactly. So, um, the other thing I would say is if you know you want you still want to do this, and you know that you may not have the capability to keep up with maybe some of the contact restrictions. You know you may want to bring on a business partner or talk. Uh, through a management company that's specialized in this that can help you to set this up or at least kind of walk you through that process until you feel comfortable yeah um and then i would say get involved um, you know in any way shape or form again you don't necessarily have to show up in person but you know right now the reason why there's so much traction um, is because the the naysayers of short terms are going to be the most vocal and they need to hear from us that are whether we own them or or not if you, if you travel in, in Airbnbs, if that's the way that you love to travel because maybe you have a big family and you don't want to get four hotel rooms for a family vacation, um, this could very well impact you yeah. and your ability to find affordable alternatives to a hotel.
0: Yeah, because so, if we're talking about it here in Arizona mm-hmm. and Scottsdale and Phoenix, I, they're talking about it in every other state and every yeah. other city as well that are big mm-hmm. – um, that are big that have a lot more concentration of Airbnbs. Like, mm-hmm. You know your Californias, your Floridas,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, your Seattle, and all those places. So I didn't even think about that actually. You know I travel and I don't have a big family, but I still use Airbnbs, mm-hmm. and I, that's like one of the top three. I look at I look at Airbnbs first, then hotels. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that would totally impact me. And mm-hmm. even if I and even if I didn't have an Airbnb, so. I don't you know, huh, think about yeah. that. I'm like, yeah, that's
1: crazy. So yeah, just because you're not a it, just because you're not an operator doesn't necessarily mean you can't vote or you can't, you know, say kind yay or nay. Yeah. So, you know, in any regard, you know, just get involved. And I would say as an -aha moment, regardless of whether we're talking about short terms or not, I think the biggest takeaway for me was, as a business owner, I know personally with, you know, when we talk about politics, it could be very easy to be like, there's a lot of negativity and noise. And so sometimes we just kind of like close the door and be like, We'll let those people deal with it. Well, then things don't go your way. And then, you know, you have a lot to say about that. And my philosophy is if you didn't take the time to get educated and to put your voice in to begin with or to vote or to go through the proper channels, you really have no right to complain about it. I'm in agreement on that. You know, um, so as, as growing in my business, that's the that's the one thing that I'm taking away is like I can't complain about how I think these might be unfair or strict if I didn't get involved to begin with. So it's my time now to be like, okay, as a business owner, I need to be a little bit more in tune with what's going on. As a professional and a realtor as well, to be able to educate my customers that are looking, we need to have this information. So you know, it's just good information to have either way.
0: So I'm going to put you on the spot on this one here. If all these regulations were to pass as is, Exact same verbiage from what your take is can you still be successful running an Airbnb?
1: Um, I think you can, the strategy might change because it's not seeking to eliminate it completely, but you know, there's still a, a large populace out there that may need short term, like, um, you know, corporate relocation programs or people on temporary assignments. There's a big population of nurse. Travelers or people here that are um, going through medical treatment So there's still a large population of folks that might need like, you know 30 days plus yeah. it may still uh, you will see a lot of people drop off the platform because yeah. the profitability and managing your overall expenses to What they're willing to pay on that? Um, may not be enough to, to, justify. to justify so we may see some shifts um, but it wouldn't rule. We just have to get a little bit more creative in how we want to make that offering.
0: Gotcha. So it's not completely dead. It's just if it was to pass like this, which chances are, as we know, with any kind of bill, it goes back and forth a few times. Mm-hmm. They make a lot of changes, and then eventually something gets passed. So we'll or vetoed. Ke- <laughs> or vetoed, yeah. I mean- in the end,
1: Ducey is the one, and he was, he was a big proponent of you know protecting uh, short-term owner's rights to begin with. So in its current state, with as much restrictions and the elimination, if it passed through, which again would be highly unlikely without additional amendments, you know, in the end, you know, DC could still veto it. Let we start. Let me start
0: again. Yeah. But I have a feeling in the next year or two there are going to be some kind of regulations get put uh, put down. So it's something that's coming. It's mm-hmm. Something that hasn't happened in a long time. But uh, there's talk about it now. I think mm-hmm. there's something that's going to is going to change. I don't think necessarily for the worse. So in in a general scope, I still think you know it's still safe to go out and buy an Airbnb, mm-hmm. but like you said, have that secondary strategy as mm-hmm. well in case you know the regulations do change and they're not really in your favor for that particular home. You have a plan B.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I would say also work into your budget numbers yeah. for like noise aware and security. So you know if you are forced to implement that. Are you still going to be able to meet the numbers based yeah. off of the new monthly expenses you might incur, the TPT license, you know, yeah. uh, things of that nature. So Cool.
0: Well, thank you so much for coming here today and talking about this. I know this was on my mind um, all of last week, and I'm like, I need to talk to her because she was at the the hearings, there was a whole bunch of people there and you brought a wealth of information to us and our listeners which is awesome. So thank you so mm-hmm. much Thanks um, for having me. and we'll we'll be up to we'll keep updated as uh, as the bill changes and new iterations come. I'd love to have you back and we mm-hmm. can uh, go over them again and see what's changed and what actually when something actually passes and we'll bring that to you guys as well. Perfect. So thank you so much. Bye. That's our podcast for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. We are releasing these on a weekly basis. Uh, If you want to get a hold of either of us, contact us. Our contact information is in our bio. Uh, Ask us any questions you'd like. If you have questions on this show or any other show, or if there's topics you want to hear, reach out to us, DM us through Instagram, and we'll see you at the next episode.